Uh, well, this, this is uh, an, an exciting day. You know, as we celebrate 12 years and um, see all that God has done. Um, the past, uh, um, this past fall, um, Tom and I, Pastor Tom and I were in the office, just, and we were the only two in the office. And it was toward the end of the day, and, um, and there was a couple that just kind of wandered into the building. You know, just, you know, and just, just wander in, and, and I said, hey, how you doing? And, 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 and this couple just like, you know, hey, we, we, we were, um, I was the pastor of this building back in 2000 when we built this building. And I'm like, oh, you know, why don't you give me the tour of the building, you know? And, 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 and we just kind of met and just connected so well uh, with this couple. And, um, and, and they, they've, uh, you know, and we'll hear, the, from him, hear from him in just a minute, but they, um, in the, through some circumstances, had moved away and um, retired. Uh, they live on the, on the, toward the west side of the state, and, and, uh, and I reached out to them about a month ago and said, hey, would you, would, would you, be, um, would you love to come to our anniversary service? Can we, can we honor you for what you've done? You know, we're, we're, we're blessed because we're building us here as a church. And, uh, but we're also blessed um, of the legacy that was left behind. And uh, it, 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 we'll talk about this in just a second, but there's been a church here, um, a church that started here in 1863. Now, if you don't know your history, that's the Civil War, okay? <laughs> that's right smack dab in the middle of the Civil War. And you know what I found that was interesting? It's that very first church in 1863 they met in a school, in a one-room schoolhouse. So this was a portable church from the beginning. Uh, way back in 1863, and then in 1890, um, they built a little um, church on this property, which would be right in front of our, of our, our building right here. And, um, and so uh, I, I, I want to invite Pastor George Spencer to come up to the platform, we kind of hear from him. Why don't you give us a warm late point welcome to Pastor George. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Pastor George, you're back in the saddle. Oh, is, it uh, feels good. Yeah, that's just <laughs> awesome. Why don't you tell us, uh, your, your wife down, and we're going to have her come up here in a few minutes. And, mm -hmm. um, but uh, tell us about when you came. I mean, obviously, there was a church here. You weren't here in 1890, were you? <laughs> I may look like. Okay. <laughs> now, we came in December of 1996, and they had actually been without a pastor for a short time. It was a Methodist church, and they weren't used to that. Right. They, uh, they were kind of uh, wearing out, and we uh, had planted a, a church on the, the coast of Oregon, and we had been there for 10 years. And uh, I'd asked about returning to Michigan. They said, well, we'll send you to Shelby Township because we have no other place to put you. And they said, uh, there's only 25 people. Just go do what you can. And uh, we'll, we'll move you someplace when it opens up. And this was up. disco out here. Before this was Shelby disco. Township, this was disco. Okay. It was the disco. You went uh, north of here, and there were horses. Right. And there were farms. And uh, it was just a, a little town, a little quaint country church and so uh, we had nothing to lose so we just came in and started having a great time with the people and uh, just from 96 to 2000 we went from that little tiny church to this and, uh, and the church grew from 25 
25 to 200 yeah. in, in that four years. years. That's, that's amazing. And uh, we just kind of flew under the, the radar. The denomination wasn't aware what was going on here, and we were having a great time. And when it came time to build, uh, I had a, a man by the name of Harris Smith had grown up in this area at that point. He was in his late 80s. And we were still in that little chapel, but we had to do something. And I went and I talked to Harris. I said, Harris, I need someone to share the vision. And so um, he went up front that day in that little chapel, and he shared uh, his childhood, the church, and all that it meant. He had had polio. He had come to church in a wagon. And he said, but we need to grow, and we need to move on. And so at the end of that service, they took a vote, and it was unanimous. Can you imagine that in a church That's right. ever? That's right. <laughs> to get rid of the building, to sell it for a dollar to the township, it was unanimous to sell it and to begin this process here. Yeah, and, and that building, I, I think there was a picture up there. Yeah. Um, but you know, we start seeing some pictures. Uh, but that building went down to Shelby Township, and so if you go to Shelby <laughs> Township, yeah, went right down Van Dyke to the township, and it sits there today. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and there's so many pictures, but the old picture of the of the auditorium, and um, and then there's a picture. This is a picture of, of oh my goodness, in that old auditorium. I had hair, and uh, <laughs> you had hair. That, that's right. And uh, and then we have some other pictures of you in Bible study and just um, impacting yeah. people's lives um, in the in the community. And um, that you and a oh my goodness, that was uh, my worship leader. That was my version of Tom. Oh, that's right. There you go. There you go. There you that's go. And, uh, and, and here's the picture of the church being moved yeah. down and, uh, and down here. And I think that picture is the groundbreaking for the, the new building and, um, and the new service place here. So. Now, that is the groundbreaking for what is now the Fellowship Hall. Fellowship Hall, that's right. And that was built in 19. That was about 10 years before me. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I retired very close to the minister who did that. Okay. Well, you can just see there was a lot of life that was happening here yeah. because of what you've been a part of. And, then, and you were here till when? We were here until 2000. And um, uh, it was a strange series of events. So uh, you left in 2000? or it, Well, that led up to 2000. We actually had, in our system, it's a little different. I had come from a call system on the West Coast. Right. Uh, more of an independent church to here, which was an appointment system. Right, right. And uh, even though things were really going well, they came in after about 12 years and said, you've been here too long. And, um, and so in 2000, they called me, and that's how they did it, got the phone call and said, uh, we're moving you. And they moved me to a great church, large church down in Trent, Michigan, and had a great time, but they just... You're gone. And just before moving, if you remember back in those days, 2008 in that era, things were crashing. The auto workers were losing their jobs. We were financed with a bank that no longer exists. The uh, FDIC came in and they said, we are calling your loan, your mortgage due. Mm. You must pay it in full. We owed $2.2 million. And uh, so I went down, and I talked with them and had a meeting, and I'd heard they were offering, accepting offers of 60 cents on the dollar. And I said, I have a group of investors who will finance this church if you will release the mortgage at 60 cents on the dollar. 
and eventually they did. I wasn't around to see it, but you were blessed by that because of what you were able to purchase the church right. for. Yeah. Right. Well, um, the Kirk Hope Community Kirk, uh, just in the after you left, um, uh, there was a couple more setbacks, you know, with leadership. And, yeah. and, and, and uh, unfortunately, um, the church door had to close because they couldn't uh, do the payments. And that was just, you know, I know that was heartbreaking for you and your wife to hear about that. Even though you weren't here, just watching it from a distance, from the miles away, uh, seeing that. And, um, but, you know, I just know that God, God is still faithful. God is still good. And it may not be... Um, new hope, there's a, a gospel present. This here. is our vision. As I was worshiping, I thought, wow, this is the vision. You are living it. You, you own it. You took it. Yeah. And you're running with it. And, and, this, and, I, and that's what I'm saying. This is the fruit of, of what you've been doing. This is the fruit of, of, of giants that we have been able to stand on be, even before us, you mm. know. And, 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 you know, as we celebrate Lake Point Church, Today, yes, we I, I'm reminded today as we're thinking about it, you know, Lake Point Church celebrated, you know, 12 years. But, you know, the, the church of God is bigger than Lake Point. You know? Yes. It's bigger than us. Yeah. It's bigger than New Hope. Yes. <laughs> you know, it, it, God, God has been from 2,000 years, you know, and, and they've tried to shut it down over the years, the last couple of years. It's been, it's been crazy. And, and that God, he said, Jesus said that the church will stand against the gates of hell. Yes. And it will win. Yes. It will prevail. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so this is a testament of what you're doing. And, and we're thankful for the, the, uh, you know, what you have done in the past. Oh. We look forward to, you know, and the legacy that you left. And as we continue to preach Jesus, to speak Jesus in our community. And we are thankful for what you're doing here. I mean, God bless you. This is fantastic. Well, I, I just, you know, I, when, I, when I saw you the past part, you know, I, I got to bring you back. <laughs> because you thought maybe, in the last Sunday, I talked about where, where we put a period, God put the comma. Yes. You thought maybe a period happened. <laughs> you know, it was over. But God said, no, it's not done. I've got a comma. And we'll continue the mission. To continue forward, and 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 and, and the church will last. It's gonna last longer than me. There could be a time where I'm not around. It's gonna keep going forward. Mm -hmm. Jesus is supreme. Yeah. I I, I want to do this. I it may not be in this service. I know in this second service we'll probably second have some more. But are there anybody in here that you were part of New Hope? Uh, Methodist, or maybe you were part of, it had multiple names before, you know, it as well. It was disco, and room? then it was hope, and then it was new hope. That, that's right. Okay. So yeah. is there anybody in this room that might be a part of that in, in the service? Okay. There's one right here. Mm. Uh, this one. <laughs> good. Okay. Yeah. That's good. So there's one, and I know we'll have one way in the back. Okay. That's good. That's awesome. Well, we're just excited, you know, and I know in the second service you got people coming yeah. as well. And, and they're already and, attending, not because we're here. They're already yeah, attending. Someone, uh, for yes. sure, for sure. I want to invite um, uh, Miss Donna, Miss Donna, uh, to come up here. Karen, why don't you come up here and join her? Yeah. 
Now, I did fine not getting choked up too bad. <laughs> I don't know about Donna. <laughs> you want to join her? And, and then I'm going to pray. You, you got something you want to say? No, he handed me the mic. Oh, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> You'll lose your you know, they have the final say. I mean, I've learned. Yeah, all right. Well, I would just love to say what a privilege it is to be here. And when we came last fall and saw Pastor Scott, we went out in the car, and I just broke down and cried. When we heard the church doors were closed and this building was just standing still, I had mentioned to someone earlier, it was like a funeral for us with no closure. And we thought, Lord, this can't be. And how refreshing when we came and saw that this is a church, like you said, it wasn't a period, it was a comma. And we just praise the Lord that this building is used for his glory. That's awesome. That's awesome. So glad to have you guys. Let's pray. Let's, we pray for the uh, George and Donna. God, we ask you to be with Pastor George and Donna Spencer. But thank you for the ministry that they had here in Shelby Township. And they're still happening. The seed that they planted 25, 20 years ago is still bringing it fruit. And sometimes, you know, <laughs> there are parts, you know, where uh, in our past, where we thought it was over, but God, you're still moving. You're still working. You are the way maker. And so, God, we're thankful for the ministry before Late Point even showed up here. You lay down the groundwork so that we can continue the gospel, the capital C church, to present the gospel to speak Jesus to our lost and dying world. And so, God, we ask you to continue to bless their ministry, bless their lives. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 God bless you. One more time. I want you guys to check out this video, and then we'll get into the message. They say it's impossible to predict the future of our world. And in many ways, that's true. Is there any way that we could have predicted with complete confidence a pandemic, new wars, new enemies, new friends, and a world that continues to demonstrate new ways to be divided? Put simply, it's not the future that matters the most. Our world and its people are lost, save for one resolved fact. Jesus is, was, and always will be King. Jesus is our future. And when a people unite around his ways, the future is clear. He wins, and we're a part of it. For just over 12 years, the community at Lake Point Church has witnessed breathtaking moments of transformation in ourselves, our neighbors, and even other parts of the planet. We believe that God can take the broken, the lost, and the hurting and make all things new. With the simple message of helping people rethink church, it gave a community of people the opportunity to unite, even in a deeply divided world, because Jesus is worthy of worship. We gather together to worship because his name is worthy. We hunger for truth from scripture because his ways are perfect. We choose to help our neighbors because his love continues to change us. 
This year, Lake Point Church opened a brand new food pantry and ministry center along with the English as a second language class to help those new to our community cementing that Jesus Christ is their truest friend and king. We are for the kingdom. We will not back down from giant tasks because we know that resources don't defeat giants. Our Lord does. So if he says go, we go. And we have gone all over the world. In her 12 years, Lake Point Church has given more than $700,000 to missions. We have supported evangelistic, practical ministries and anti-human trafficking efforts in 12 countries in 12 years. We have supported brave and incredible work in the United Kingdom, Canada, Egypt, Iraq, South Africa, Romania, Peru, Uganda, Tanzania, India, and the Dominican Republic. We will do whatever it takes to tell our local neighbor and the world that Jesus Christ is King and will do it because Jesus commanded it from us. And that's why we've seen 483 salvations and 212 baptisms. And because we know that new churches reach more new people, we have started seven additional churches. We teach our kids that God's ways are perfect because we know that following His purpose is our purpose. We work with teenagers from every background because growing up is hard for everyone and they are not alone when Christ is in their hearts. We don't back down from the work God has called us to because we're not the ones who take down giants. We're just the ones with a handful of stones. And it takes work. For 10 years, Lake Point met in local schools for the vast majority of that time being at Lutheran High School North, where the hardest working volunteers transformed a Lutheran high school into a church where people from every walk of life would feel welcome as they heard about Christ and experienced Him through the people there. In 2019, Lake Point moved to the 24-mile and Van Dyke area of Shelby Township, where we found a building whose property had been used as a center for preaching the gospel since 1890. We are proud to be a part of this legacy, but we're not done yet. The best is yet to come. The best isn't yet to come just because Lake Point's future is bright. The best is yet to come because Jesus isn't done. In a world divided, we are united because Jesus is our King. Well, I, I, before we jump into this, um, I want to take a minute and recognize um, one more group of people. If you were a part of our church since day one, I don't know, stand up real quick. You were part of first day. Okay, we've got. No, we may stand. We may stand. If you were a part of our church in that first year, stand up. You know, we've got some that started showing up in that first year. Awesome. Good. You may be seated. Thank you, guys. Thank you for being a part of our church since the beginning when we didn't know what we were doing. 
<laughs> so thank you. Um, you know, our mission statement you see um, uh, on your screen, if you're taking notes, you see it, helping people take the next step with God. That's what we've been about since day one, helping people take their next step with God. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there's no vision, the people perish. In the NIV version, it says, where there's no revelation, people cast off restraints. Uh, another version says that when there's no revelation, the people run wild. And, uh, and so it's important to have vision. And, and we talk about vision from time to time here at Lake Point, just to remind us of where we've been and where we're going. And our vision is simple. It's been the same. And that is to reach North Macomb and Oakland County for Jesus. To reach the, the unchurched. To reach the disconnected. To reach the unsaved. I want you to think about the most pagan person you know. Think about that most pagan person you know in your life right now. We've got their number. We're going after them. Because the gospel is for all. It's for everybody. And so today I want to talk about three things. And, um, and I hope that this will be a challenge for all of us real quick this morning. Number one, we want to look back and we want to celebrate what God has done in our church. We want to look back. We want to celebrate. I don't, I don't want you to miss this. Because it's so important. If, if you don't celebrate, if you don't celebrate what God has already done, then, then you might miss out on what God can actually do. And, and so many people, they miss out on how God has been faithful in the past. Because we, we're constantly in the moment. We forget things. And if we forget what God has done in the past and his faithfulness in the past, so when they look in their future, they miss out on all the things that God might want to do in their future. The scripture is full of examples of God telling his people, you know, to set up a memorial and, 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 and to show people what God has done in this place. To, to tell people, to remind people what happened. To tell your children and your grandchildren and generations and generations to come to remember the faithfulness of God in this moment. It's one reason why we do anniversary service. It's a constant reminder that God is still at work. He's still on the move. He's been faithful in the past. He will continue to be faithful in the future. You know, we talk about those numbers. You know, 483 salvations since the beginning, 212 baptisms. You see, every, every number has a name. Every number has a faith that's been changed by God. When we give God all the glory, we give God all the credit. And my challenge, you, my challenge for you this morning is to never stop boldly inviting your friends, your family, your coworkers to church, to Jesus. For some people, they're one invitation away. One invitation away from their life being changed. And it's on you. It's on us to invite people to know who Jesus is, 
to have a, to have a spiritual conversation. Invite them to church. You know, we have invite cards. We got them. Invite cards for Easter. Easter is, you know, less than a month away. How easy it is to start inviting people to church, especially on a Sunday like Easter. Because some people, in some minds, they say, I, I got to go to church. And they may be going to church for the wrong reason. Oh, you know, it's a tradition. That's fine. Let's get them in here and let the Holy Spirit do what he does best. And so one invitation away, we have to look back. We need to look back and celebrate. Here's the second thought. We have to look forward. As a church, we've got to look forward in faith. In faith. You know, when people, when people look into the future, there are two potters that we take. There are two potters that we can have. We can have the potter of fear, right? We can have the potter of fear when we look into our future, or when you're looking into your future, you can have a potter of faith. Now, people, let's be honest, all of us, we have a natural inclination to gravitate towards what? Fear. Every one of us, even me. We have a, it's a natural pull towards fear when we're looking to our future. And here's why. Here's why, we, here's why we gravitate towards fear all the time. As we look into the future, it's because of one word, uncertainty. Right? Uncertainty. We, we just don't know what our future holds. We don't know what tomorrow holds. You know, when I think about the church world, there's so much uncertainty in the church. Every metric in America today says that, the, that Christianity is on a decline. Every trend that you see right now is Christianity is taking a more and more back seat. In 2019, 3,000 churches were started. But on the flip side, 4,500 churches closed their doors. In a 20-year span, in the last 20 years, the average church in America was running 130 people, went from 130 to 60, 65 people in 20 years. There was a constant decline. There was uncertainty when we think about the church world. You know, the, the, in the, the economic future. Think about that, our economy. <laughs> you know, a lot of uncertainty right now. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty what we're facing. And so, when, you know, when you hear vision, man, we want to reach people for Jesus. We want to reach people for God in our communities, in Macomb County, in Oakland County. You know, when we want to do that, you know, a lot of times people think, man, Scott, that sounds great, but there's too many problems. There's too much pain. There's, there's too many um, things that's not going our way. The trends are not breaking in our direction. Uncertainty. It's a posture of fear. Uncertainty, uncertainty says, we don't know what tomorrow holds, but faith says, but I know who holds tomorrow. 
That's the difference. And we're to look forward in faith, not in what we see, but what we don't see. We've got to move forward. What's amazing to me is throughout Scripture, we see many times that the people of God took a posture of fear because of uncertainty. Let me give you an example. One of the darkest days in Israel's history happened in 586 B.C. There was a king named Nebuchadnezzar, the emperor of Babylon, the most powerful nation in the world. They stack up outside the walls of Jerusalem with their armies, and they want to wipe it clean. And, and, and so there they are, they're in the city, the Israelites, the, 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 they're in the city of Jerusalem. They're scared. You know, death is knocking on their door. And of course, we know the story is that Nebuchadnezzar and his army came in broke through the wall, tore down the city, tore down the temple, ruined everything, and took many children, men and women, into exile. And there were very few people left among the ruins of Jerusalem. But right before Nebuchadnezzar came in, God spoke through, God spoke through the prophet Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 7, this is what God tells the people before the exile happened, before, you know, Jerusalem is ransacked by, by the Babylonians. God tells the people, he said in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 7, he said, when, he said God said, when you're in Babylon, he said, I want you to seek the peace. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into, into exile. When you go to Babylon, Continue to seek the peace and prosperity. God's saying, don't ever question whether I can transform a city. Don't ever question it. Continue to seek its peace and prosperity. And it goes on to tell us why. Look at the rest of verse number seven. God said, pray to the Lord for it. Pray for the city. Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. In other words, here's what we need to understand about our community. Here's what we need to understand about Michigan and Metro Detroit. When, when people begin to experience Jesus, when people begin to experience him, marriage prosper, families prosper, our city, it prosper. God, and only God, can transform our city. But listen, a lot of us were pushing back and saying, well, God, you know, that's just too big. There's too many people. 80% of the people don't even care about God no more. 80% of our population in our area don't even go to church. It is too much. It is too big. I want you to look at what happens next. Look at the next verse that comes after this, a couple of verses later. And for some of you, you know this verse, you have this verse probably you know, on a wall in your house or on a potent note, you got it memorized, but you've never seen it first in this context. And look at here, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. 
Remember, Israel, Israel was in the darkest city in the world, in the most hopeless time of the world, and God says this through Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you. I know your future. I know what's coming up. I have a plan to prosper you and not to harm you. Plan to give you hope and a future. I want, you, I want you to think about this first again, one more time. I want you to think about this first in the context of our community. I want you to think about this first in the context of your neighborhood, the context of your family. For I know the plans I have for you. Plan to prosper you and not to harm you. Plan to give you hope and a future. You believe that? Do you, do you believe it about your life? Do you, do you believe that for, for your family, for your city? Do you believe that for your church? Because I want you to know that I believe it with everything inside of me. That even though we got everything going against us and every metric is saying that it ain't going to happen, I believe in everything with, within me that God has a plan. And we pray for it. And ask God to reveal himself and let him do what only God can do through you and through us. We have such a big, big God. And I've had dreams, vision, that I'm asking God, God, you know, and I'm seeking him and, 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 and asking God, I mean, you know, you know at the, as people are coming back more and more, people are coming to church, people are thirsty, people are hungry for God. I have a dream to, to see people become disciples, and not just be a disciple, but become, but become a disciple maker. I don't want just attenders. I want people to, I want people to get plugged into their spiritual growth. I, I see, you know, us to continue to reach more people for Jesus. And I've been, you know, the other day, I, I walked through the property. Of seven acres here, and, and you can do it now because you know uh, the trees are dead. And I kind of wandered around in the back of the property, walked way deep, and but just began carrying. I was just kind of walking through, just praying, asking God, said, God, what what is it that you want to have here? You know, we we believe that the next step is to actually build to this building down the road. We don't know when, I don't have a timeline, but we just believe that's the next step. To build an auditorium three times, two or three times the size of this space so that we can t continue to reach more people so that we can help them become disciples when in turn make them disciple makers. And you say, well, how that's gonna happen? I don't know. It scares me. It scares me even thinking about it. We gotta buy land next door. There's a couple of acres that we can purchase. You know, and, and, but you know what? God, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And we serve a big God who's bigger than what I can think or even imagine. And we want to continue to reach people so that people who are far from God can come to Christ and come to know him. It's exciting. It's also scary. By the way, I always say this. If, you know, in your personal vision, personal dream, if you've got a dream, that you're thinking about, 
and it doesn't scare you, you're not dreaming big enough. In fact, you may not be dreaming God's dream. Because God's dream for you ought to shake you a little bit. I want to look forward in faith. Look forward in faith. And here's the third thought. As we look back, look ahead, number three, we've got to look up. We've got to fix our eyes on Jesus and obey him. You want to make a difference? You want to make a difference for God? It starts with you. It starts with you. You ask the question, God, what's my next step this year? What is my next step to take? My question is, what's holding you back from taking that next step? What's holding you back? For some of you, it's your past. You've been living in the past. You're living in the shadow of the past, and, 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 and you've never really moved past it. You've never understood that God will forgive you and wants you to move forward. You can never understood God's grace, and your past keep holding you back from stepping forward. And for some of us, you know, we would just simply say what's holding you back is you're just simply living for yourself. It's all about you. It's all about what you want, not what God wants. Uh, for some of you, and you just need to honestly admit, you need to be honest to admit that you're just, that you're living for a dollar instead of living for a difference, to make a difference in the name of Jesus. You're consumed by the almighty dollar. That, that's the only focus. And not about making a real difference in this world. I, I love the story about Steve Jobs, founder of Apple. He was the CEO early in the days. He was trying to, to recruit a guy named John Scully. John Scully was the CEO of Pepsi. And, and, and Steve Jobs was like, man, I need you to come on my team. I need you to come work for me. And finally, he got in his face. Apple, no, Steve Jobs, he gets in Robert Scully's face. He says, Scully, are you going to keep selling sugar water for the rest of your life, or are you going to help me change the world at Apple? And Scully said that with those words, he left Pepsi so that he could change the world with Steve Jobs at Apple. And the reason I love that story is because I think it's right at the core of all of us. We know that God has us here on earth for something bigger, and the only way you're going to know what it is is by looking up to Jesus. Because the vision of what could be and should be, be in your life will only happen through the eyes of Jesus. So what's your next step? What's your next step? On the back of your connection card, I, I, I ask a simple question. What's your next step? It's a blank. I, I, I kind of just left it open, let the Holy Spirit speak to you in this moment. What is your next step? For some of you, your next step is to, is to know Jesus. 
and to have a relationship with him. For some of you, your next step is baptism. Get baptized. It's time. It's time to go all in. You've been on the fence for a while. Next Sunday, we'll baptize them. And that's your next step. You've been saved. You've had Jesus come in your life. You've just never taken that next step. Or maybe you got saved a long time ago, and, and, and maybe you got baptized, but then you wanted to come back. You want to rededicate your life in the water of baptism and say, listen, I just want to make a, a statement of faith. I am all in for Jesus. Maybe that's your next step. Maybe for some of you, it's, it's worship. You know, you attend. You attend here and there, and you say, you know what? I'm t- I, I, gotta, I need to be committed. I need to quit making excuses not to be at church. I need to be at church to worship. I need to be a part of what's going on every week as much as possible. For some of you, you worship all the time. You're here, but you don't go to small groups. When we talk about small groups, it's where life happens. Life change happens the best in life groups, not in rows, but in circle with other believers. Next Sunday, we're going to introduce another semester of groups. I'm going to challenge you starting next week. Find a group. Find a group that will start sometime in April. Get involved in groups. For some of you serving, that's your next step. Maybe your next step is to share your faith with an invitation to invite somebody. I don't know what your next step is, but here's what I know. Most of us are one step away from God doing more in our life this year than we can ever think or imagine. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, not to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can all, that we are asked to imagine, according to his power, that is at work within us. God got something bigger than you can even think. So I challenge you. Yeah, look back and celebrate. But also look ahead in faith. But at the end of the day, fix your eyes on Jesus and do what he tells you to do. Obey. You want to make a difference in our community? It begins when you look up and follow up for Jesus. Twelve years ago, Karen and I, we moved up here. It didn't make sense. It didn't make sense at all. We were in Florida. And it was in the middle of the recession. God took two unlikely people, Karen and I, and a small little unlikely team. We came to the most unlikely place, Detroit. I could have gone anywhere. I could have gone to Hawaii to start church. God brought us here with the most unlikely strategies and methods. People thought I was crazy. People thought, man, that's not going to work. Especially in Detroit in the middle. Everybody's leaving Detroit in 2009. But at the end of the day, we've seen the most unlikely outcomes. Life change. And as we look up to Jesus, here's what I know. God is still using unlikely people like you. God is still going to unlikely places. God still implements unlikely strategies and methods. The message is always the same. 
that God is still producing unlikely outcomes. God still moving stones. God is still changing lives. I can't wait to see what's next as we fix our eyes on Jesus and him alone. God, we ask you to help us today. We thank you for the blessings of 12 years at Lay Point. I will continue to see what's next. You're not finished. You're not done. You had a plan for Shelby Township in this spot for the last 130 years. And you still got work to do. It's not over. Your church is bigger than us. You're bigger than us. But God, use it in this time, in this, in this day that we're in. In a world that keeps pushing back on Christianity. Help us to face tomorrow in faith as we keep looking up to you. God, I pray you help us with the next step we need to take, whatever that might be. In Jesus' name, amen.